Well, there's a very cautious mood in the markets right now. U.S. stocks are down. The same story in Europe. That means the U.S. dollar is up for a change. All this despite very strong earnings results generally from the U.S. So why the slowdown? We'll examine that, uh, plus the expectations for Australia's retail sales today. And a quick look back at the RBA minutes yesterday as well. It's Wednesday, the 21st of April, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yeah, stocks are heading down in the US for the second day in a row, more than 1% for the Dow and the Nasdaq, almost 1% for the S&P 500, bigger falls in Europe, the FTSE 100 and the Eurostoxx 50, both down 2%. That's despite strong earnings results, including this morning Netflix, 24% year-on-year revenue growth, which is in line with forecasts, although memberships were 2 million less than anticipated, although they do say that is hard because it's been harder to make new content. They expect to make it up and they are charging more per customer. So that's hence the reason for the increase in revenue. And markets haven't seen that uh, too positively. And, and so Netflix shares are down 10% this morning. That aside, this fall in equities and the risk-off mood has seen the US dollar up for a change, uh, rising about 0.2%. But let's remember, of course, the trend from the end of March is firmly down. Today, though, the rise has seen the Aussie dollar down around half a percent, more than any of the other majors. The pound, for example, down 0.4%. The euro is hardly down at all. And uh, the brunt of of those cuts in their share prices in the US has been felt in smaller caps. The Russell 2000 index is down 2.6%. Banks also hit fairly hard as well. And 10-year Treasury yields down four basis points. Oil, too, is down, losing 0.9% for Brent, 1.5% for WTI. So that's all knocked the wind from the sales, hasn't it? It's all a bit risk-off. Here's Ray Attrell, head of FX strategy at NAB in Sydney. I guess, Ray, this is what happens when we don't actually have too much data to go on so there's no good news so it seems like perhaps everyone starts to assume the worst quite quite possibly i think it is one of those nights where we're all sort of scratching around to try and sort of fit facts to the uh, facts to the price action because there isn't any obvious catalyst for the fallback but um you know let's have a look at the s p you know before the last couple of days when we've seen a little bit of a, of a setback we were up six percent month to date so i'm still thinking there's a you know there's a fair amount of sort of buy the rumor ahead of u.s earnings season and uh, you know and companies i think 90 percent of them reporting so far have exceeded expectations but um yes. you know to some extent, I think you know the market banks on you know earnings beating you know, or, or beating expectations, and and even though they have, what do we have? We had Johnson and Johnson, we had um, we had IBM, uh, we had Procter and Gamble all out overnight, all exceeding expectations, but not able to uh, to generate any any new uh, momentum there. It does seem that um, certainly you know glancing through the news wires, concerns about um, you know infection rates and you know, around the world. Obviously, India has been sort of capturing the uh, the, the grimmest headlines. I suppose. Pose, but um, we'll talk about Canada in a moment. But uh, Ontario and Toronto are, uh, you know, are seeing rises in infection. So, you know, so maybe there's a little bit of a challenge to sort of growth optimism um, in the second half of the year relating to, you know, virus containment, vaccine yeah. rollouts, etc. And, um, and 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 so it's know, all going to take longer. It's concern, it's concern over the speed of the recovery, right. basically, isn't it? And that would that would explain why you know airlines, which we knew weren't going to do very well, so we had a nine percent fall in United Airlines. Uh, because they they didn't report uh, particularly good numbers, as you might expect, but it was worse than expected. And also, uh, you know, the, the expectations perhaps of the speed of the recovery there. So uh, Q1 minus 1.36 billion 
dollars. That's all with a revenue of three three billion, uh, much worse than anticipated. And I guess that you know that's a sector that's going to continue to be hit hard, isn't it? No, it would be anyway. And you, and you mentioned small caps at the beginning. Obviously, one of mm. the themes in in recent weeks has been the sort of rotation out of you know value back into growth, and that has sort of tended to benefit the smaller caps. You know, relative to you know to the likes of of, of the Nasdaq, for example. Um, so you know. I suppose it all it all sort of adds up a little bit, and I suppose the other thing, you know, as you say, every other market, whether it's currencies or, or bonds, uh, seem to just be keying off that that setback in, in equities, which was sort of underway, you know, late yesterday during our session. U.S. equity futures were down, and you know, it did mean that things like the Aussie were coming off, uh, having touched seventy eight cents for the first time in a month yesterday. You know, here we are closer to seventy seven. So it does put, uh, does suggest that um, you know the U.S. dollar benefits and the likes of the Aussie dollar do tend to suffer whenever uh, risk does set back and uh, that seems to be where we are just at the moment. And this won't have helped either. The ECB today published uh, its April bank lending survey and uh, it showed a fall in demand for loans and for credit in Q1 uh, but also that uh, banks are going to tighten their standards for loans or credit lines to enterprises beyond that. Uh, so, uh, that, you know, if, if you can't build back without borrowing, I wouldn't have thought. So that that's another reason why perhaps people are wary that, the, you know, the, there might be a delay in the recovery. Well, that's been a bit of a theme globally, hasn't it? Obviously, we mm. had those China credit numbers, which we talked about at the back end of last week, which I think in absolute terms were, were you know, were pretty good. But clearly, the, the, you know, the trend is slowing. And there's a suspicion, you know, a, you know a, a suggestion that they may slow further. Um, go back to the U.S. banks reporting last week. One of the main reasons that the, you know, the share prices of many of them went down rather than up, even though they, you know, punched the lights out as far as their earnings reports were concerned. Um, you know, was concerns that loan growth was slowing, and obviously we've seen, for example, you know, thirty-year mortgage rates in the U.S. have backed up. You know, as the uh, the yield curve steepened and thirty year bond yields rose, and so the banks are saying, well, maybe mortgage demand isn't going to be as as strong as we thought. But uh, as you say, with the ECB, it seems to be a combination of both, you know, loan demand being relatively slack, but also you know, banks, as you say, potentially tightening up on credit standards as well. So um, you know, credit mm. does make the world go round. Let's not forget. So if there's going to be less of it around, that does yep. feed through into uh, perhaps you know taking a little bit of a um, you know, a bite out of, out of optimism about just how, you know, fast economies are going to be recovering in well, the second and, half and, of the year and beyond. Yeah. And that would explain why oil is down today, no. because, you know, there's going to be less demand, then uh, obviously you're going to see prices fall. Although I wonder whether also part of it, and this is interesting, I wonder how far this is going to go. So US uh, House panel uh, has uh, passed a law to open the uh, open up OPEC. This is the so-called NOPEC bill, uh, which is uh, basically, you know, threatening uh, antitrust lawsuits against OPEC countries uh, because they are operating a uh, oligopoly. Who would have thought? Surely not. I know. Well, I, I say I've just, um, you know, we were just chatting a minute ago and saying I've seen the headlines and that's being, you know, touted as the reason for oil prices. But um my sort of my gut reaction to, to, to that is is good luck with that. <laughs> mm, so, yeah. um, but you know, oil is. I mean, obviously, the dollar having come back a little bit, we do see the U.S. dollar and oil tends to move in opposite directions. So, so there's a little bit of that. But um, you know, but oil is off. Uh, you know, I think WTI is off uh, is off more than a dollar and more than one percent, isn't it? So it does seem to have played a little bit to uh, to negative sentiment. But um, anyway, one mm. to watch. But um, you know, I wouldn't yeah. be suggesting that uh, the U.S. <laughs> or anybody. Good. 
is going to OPEC is suddenly going to say, okay, well, um, let's just dismantle our cartel and, and, and get rid of that threat. So um, let's see well, how that one plays out. So, uh, look, the euro is pretty flat, even uh, with the US dollar up today. And uh, if you look at uh, 10 year treasuries uh, over the last month, they've gone from over 1.7% down to 1.5% or thereabouts. So they're drifting down. German bond yields have been rising from minus 0.3 to minus 0.25. So the spread is narrowing. What's what's causing that, do you think? Right. Well, we, yeah, we've been discussing that uh, as a team because obviously we've talked about, you know, the dollar have US dollar having come off over the mm. course of April, uh, you know, and most of us has been ha- have been happy to pin the the blame for that on this big, um, you know, move back down in in US bond yields. But as you say, it's actually the, from a spread basis, um, you know, twenty basis points up in in, in bond yields. Um, so that spread has has come in, you know, reasonably dramatically. Let's remember, bond yields are still what more than minus a quarter percent. Um, yeah. And and, you know, and the logical explanation is that optimism about. Um, economic reopening in the eurozone you know is running pretty is running still running pretty strong and you know we're mentioning mm. that a lot of the economic numbers have actually come in a lot better than expected so there's still an underlying resilience in the economy that's been evident in the numbers even though the you know the infection news has obviously not been particularly positive but you know we are seeing vaccine um, rollout starting to accelerate a little bit now so there's few that fast forward a few months and the gap between particularly some of the big EU countries and the rest of the world on, on vaccine rollout is going to be a lot smaller um, than it has been in the first quarter of the year. So, um, And you look at equity markets and uh, actually something like the Eurostock 6000 year to date um, is pretty much exactly the same or might even be a little bit better than we've seen for the S&P. So there's clearly been, you know, something of a rotation, you know, away from the US and, and towards Europe. So, um, you know, all that reflected, I think, in this, uh, in this pickup we're seeing in, in, in Bundy. And the RBA minutes yesterday, as dovish as expected, uh, obviously no moves in interest rates and not likely to be until 2024. Uh, uh, and they might up bond purchases, even, they suggested, if, if they need to. Uh, the Aussie dollar, obviously, uh, n- not really going anywhere, as you as you might expect. Is there anything you want to add to to what we saw yesterday? Well, not really. I mean, the wording was almost identical to the uh, mm. to the previous minutes. There was a little bit of excitement at the sort of front end of the uh, Australian curve, with you know, I think more to do with with how at least one of the newswires kind of chose to report. Um, some of the commentary in the minutes that uh, some people, you know, interpret it to mean that, um, you know, the chances of the, um, of the RBA rolling its three year YCC target to the November 24 bond, which NAB doesn't expect anyway, but it does seem as though the market is, is, is sort of better positioned for that than not. And, and so the way that some headlines came through, you know, suggested that, um, you know, maybe that was a little bit less likely. So we did see, yields at the front end of the curve up a few basis points. But um, in our view, there was nothing to see there. The RBA doesn't have to make a decision on uh, on the, you know, the future of YCC, you know, for several more months, we think probably not until August, at least. So um, yeah, all in all, I think it was, uh, you know, something to, to quickly move on from. Now, the big number today, obviously, is Australian retail sales and, and, and NAB uh, add a kilter with uh, almost everybody else on that as well. You're expecting a stronger result from that than most other analysts are expecting today. 
Yes, I mean not dramatically so. I mean this is going to be a volatile number. It's uh, it's been mm. very hard to, to you know to really you know to forecast these numbers with any any great degree of accuracy. But we're at one point four in the month. I think the market consensus is is closer to one percent. And you know yeah, the, the underlying view is that obviously in, in February we did have some localized lockdowns, and you know generally speaking, you know the, the country has been able to go about its business uh, you know more freely in March. And I think that is is the main reason for expecting a rebound. And, and you know we just think it might be uh, you know a little bit on the high side of, of what the market consensus is so let's see and what 1130 uh, brings on that score and cpi day isn't it today really so we get cpi for the uk and for canada and for new zealand as well you know, we talk about wide range of predictions and uh, no one seems to have a very clear idea what cpi is going to be for new zealand this morning either <laughs> well no there's a fairly big range on there um you know we're we're, um, we're fairly close to consensus looking for an eight percent point eight percent sorry quarterly rise that would see the year-on-year rate edge up to uh, 1.5 from 1.4 uh there's probably going to be more interest in their sort of core underlying measures which the Albinze calculates a little bit later. Um, the other interest in Australia, though, is that there is sometimes a read-through from, particularly on the headline mm. numbers, from New Zealand to um, Australia. So, um, you know, we're going next for point 0.9, I yeah. think, on the headline Aussie CPI next week, point 0.5 on the core. If we get a big surprise in the New Zealand numbers, um, you know, that's potentially a reason for us to be revising our Australian numbers. So I think that's where the interest in, uh, you know, across the ditch, if you like, or on the, uh, the West Island, as the Kiwis would call us, <laughs> mm. probably lies in those numbers. But uh, very unlikely, I think, that whatever the CPI numbers do in New Zealand, it's going to move the dial as far as uh, RBNZ thinking and messaging is concerned. Right. Now, Bank of Canada tonight as well. Now, whatever you might think about that, you have to keep it to yourself because you're out of time. <laughs> Good to talk, Ray. We'll catch you again. <laughs> next time thank you will do thanks phil and uh, not directly related to the uh, the markets but the verdict on the derek chauvin the police officer who killed george floyd the verdict on that is second degree murder if it had gone the other way then we certainly would be talking about potential uh, influence on markets because of the response that would be expected as it turns out whatever you think of the decision uh, we can ignore it now it seems that's it for today i'm phil dobby for nab back again tomorrow morning see you then